Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we are telling you why starting a business is easier than you think. That is right, man. This episode, we're talking about starting your very own small business. And by the end of this episode, you are going to be convinced that this is, in fact, something that you can do. It is way easier than you think. Uh, there's a lot of folks who started small businesses over the past couple of years. But if that wasn't you, if you didn't fall into that camp, we think that it's something that you're going to consider by the end of this episode. And they will be convinced because we are podcast hypnotists. And we can actually, by the sound of our voices, uh, make you think something that you don't currently think. Do you believe in hip- hypnotists? No. So my, gr- my grandpa actually no way. hypnotized me when I was, because no, he was a psychologist. He did. What? He did. Yeah. Uh, except for it didn't really work. Like I felt like uh, I was, my eyes were kind of, I kept like looking up to, <laughs> to see, is this, is this what's supposed to be happening? Because I feel like I'm supposed to be clucking like a chicken or something like that and it felt like it had no effect on me but but i think actually some people are more susceptible to hypnotism than other we've read we've talked about that we read about that how there's some scammers and they would get folks on the line and kind of get them into this trance and before they knew it they were you know emptying out the contents of their their bank account giving the you know sharing their bank account numbers all that kind of information i find it incredibly fascinating fortunately my mind my brain is like fort knox (laughs) it's impenetrable it's it's so strong (laughs) there's no way that was going to happen but no we are going to talk about small businesses this episode. Uh, real quick though, a quick follow-up. So last week we talked about how low flow shower heads, they obviously save you money, they save you water, uh, but how I had taken my restrictor off of my shower head and I'm thinking that it's going to allow me to maybe spend just as much money, but have a more uh, enjoyable experience. Just a shorter shower a shor- and Better I'm going to be able pressure. to save some time. Yeah. But listen, exactly. Arsenio reached out and he was like, hey guys, why don't you actually... Simple solution. Scientific method, guys, <laughs> like uh, check it out and measure your progress. Like, like put a plug in the bathtub and then see how much water is standing in the bathtub after you're done with your shower, both with and without the flow restrictor. Which I loved that little bit of advice. Definitely going to try that out. It's a, a surefire way to, f- <laughs> to figure out how much water you're actually using. Unless you makes have it, makes a, a ton of sense. A shower like mine, which has no tub. It's one, just one of those walk-in well, showers. I mean, same with mine. I mean, it's, it's in the shower where, where it's not a tub without a stopper, but I'm going to lay down like a piece of um, like saran wrap or like a Ziploc bag just to actually stop the water up. Okay. All right. Good luck with that. Yeah. I, I might instead do some sort of test where I hold up a gallon jug and I, I see how much water gets filled up after a minute of using the flow restrictor and then a minute of not using it. Just to kind of see the difference um, just so I don't... And then do some math? Flood my bathroom. Okay, there you go. And yeah, Arsenia, that's, a, that's just a great suggestion. Doing some testing to see whether we're actually 
able to save money um, or, or whether we're just spending more in water. We're wasting water because of our desire to have a, a nicer shower, <laughs> which, you know what? It might be worth the trade-off, Matt. It might be worth it. But I think it's a good idea to at least run the numbers and to say, oh, wait, now I know I can t- either take an eight-minute shower without the restrictor or a 10-minute shower with it and then make a decision based on that knowledge. As opposed to just winging it, which is right. what you and I were doing, which <laughs> honestly, it points to the fact that maybe we're not interested in the truth. <laughs> maybe in our case, we have both decided, oh, it's, it's totally going to be worth it in order to have a slightly more luxurious shower experience. But I'm willing to commit and, and see how much it's actually costing me right, additional we'll, we'll per, per shower. Yeah, this might be a saga that, that, that continues. <laughs> but uh, let's introduce the beer that we're enjoying this episode. It is, let's get some effing French toast. And that's a movie quote. And let's see if you remember. Uh, we will tell you what movie this is from at the end of the episode. But this is a beer. This is an imperial stout with French toast, maple syrup, cinnamon. And this is by Bramari Brewing Company. Uh, we will share our thoughts on this one at the end of the episode. Yeah, and it makes me wonder, Matt. I think that movie is probably 20 years old now. So if somebody Ooh, remembered another, it another hint. right off the bat, <laughs> I'm impressed. Uh, but let, yeah, let's get to it. Let's get the topic at hand. We are talking about why starting a business is easier than you think. And Matt, there are, uh, I think, a lot of things that we build up in our mind to be it's really difficult, even though in reality, doing that thing isn't all that tough. And I know for myself, I, it makes it easier to sit on the couch if I'm like, but that thing's really hard. I don't, don't want to give it a try. It's, <laughs> That's just not possible. Is yeah. It? It's obviously really difficult. And I don't have the time if it's that hard to do it. So I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. And it, I think I probably use that excuse a lot when it comes to learning how to cook. And I, 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 it's something I need to the get better culinary at. field. Yeah, I need to participate in the kitchen more in our house, be more helpful, and cook more meals for our family. And so it's something I'm, I'm kind of starting to come around on. But I think I'm not alone in that. I think there's a lot of folks who have said, you know what, cooking dinner is really difficult. I'm just going to order out more. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get takeout. We're going to order pizza. and pop, pop that pre-made lasagna into the oven. Exactly. And- what is it, like an hour later? You got that <laughs> yeah. delicious Stouffer's cheesy goodness. That's right. But when it comes down to it, so many wonderful meals can be created in just a few steps with just a few ingredients. Yeah, you don't true. you don't have to go over the top with it. And something like having a recipe can make uh, can make it so much easier to actually then follow through and do it. And and just a little bit, bit of meal planning. So yeah, when we're talking about starting a business, it certainly sounds on its face, like it's going to be really, really hard. It's going to be a slog. And so I might as well not well try. Same thing with cooking. Mm -hmm. But we think that both are actually easier than you think, although we're not going to talk about cooking anymore in today's show. Well, I will say it does remind me in middle school, it was like home ec class and you do some cooking. And I remember making biscuits in class and I thought, what is this alchemy that we are participating in? Because (laughs) we just combined these three, it's like three or four ingredients to make biscuits. And I swear that they were like the best biscuits I had ever had in my entire life. Uh, But it it does feel like that where you think, oh no, it's it's an impossibility to make biscuits. You have to be a magician to do that. (laughs) (laughs) But in fact, it is a lot easier than you think. I totally agree. Did you ever have to take like a baby home for the weekend too? Oh, you know, I don't know if we ever did that. I don't remember doing that. I remember sewing a football. That was one of the things that (laughs) like we all got to pick a kit, uh, different colors. But enough of my home escapades. Uh, We're talking about starting businesses. And we have seen an uptick in folks who are interested in starting businesses over the the past couple of years. It certainly seems to be 
appetizing to a wider range of folks. And I think the reason for this is that it can be hard to know just how to go about the process properly. Uh, the reason for this, I think, is because entrepreneurship, it just seems to be this career path that is rarely taught these days. Of course, you can go and you can go get your MBA. Uh, but I'm just talking about this, you know, more of like the encouragement, more of the mindset that it takes, the belief that if you can creatively solve a problem that brings value to the lives of individuals, then they will reward you with another type of value, that being money. Mm -hmm. So simply put, I mean, that is all a business is, but because few schools are, are teaching kids how to do that well, I think we see a lot of businesses fail. Uh, the stats, they bear that out. Roughly 20% of businesses fail within the first year, and just about half of them go bust within the first five years. So how is it that you can start a business without failing in short order? Uh, that's a really good question. We're going to try to offer a wide variety of thoughts during this episode, and just to help make Make sure that your business doesn't end up in this category of grim statistics. Yeah, and some people, honestly, Matt, some of the most successful business owners have had one or two or three small businesses fail before they struck gold. And so even that should not be a turnoff from, I don't think, starting a small business because sometimes that first uh, misadventure actually leads you to success in the end and ownership of your own business and, and, and making more money and creating more value out in the world than you're able to otherwise. Mm -hmm. And when you when you look at the graph of new business applications that the Census Bureau puts out, it's startling because small business formation was up 24% in 2020. And 2021 was an even better year for small business formation. We're already seeing an even larger uptick this year, it looks like. Dang. So uh, COVID has clearly created both the need and the desire to start your own thing. Plus, uh, stats show that only 34% of traditional workers are engaged in their current roles at their current job. 16% say they are actively disengaged, which is just such a fast... I don't even know what that means, except for I hate everything and I spend uh, half of my time in the bathroom. Like, I'm not I'm not sure. It just it, it just a, an attempt to avoid work. I think that's probably correct. Right. So if you uh, consider yourself in the latter camp, that actively disengaged portion of the work population, you're just not into your work at all. You're starting your own business could be the perfect solution. If you hate your job, why in the world would you not consider this? And even if you like your job, you probably want to consider it too. Yeah, and something else. Starting a business, it doesn't have to involve finding millions of customers to serve. Uh, Seth Godin, he talks about building a minimum viable audience. Sometimes your business can be supported just by a couple hundred folks or maybe even fewer folks. Maybe it doesn't even take hundreds of people. Yeah, maybe uh, your business can succeed on 100 great customers. Yeah, or like 10 really <laughs> good customers. Yeah. But this is important to mention, though, because in the same way that we attempt to demystify personal finances, we, we want you to understand that the same is true when it comes to starting your own business. It, it doesn't have to be this overly complicated path uh, that you have to take. Uh, it doesn't have to require magic, or, or, or it doesn't require a, a special type of person. Uh, it is available to all. Uh, you don't need to have a, a pitch deck. You don't need to have the ability to go on Shark Tank to convince investors to, to back your idea. You simply need the, the right product in front of the right audience. I think Shark Tank ha it has both good and bad effects, right? Because the Shark I Tank effect, agree. it's cool because you get to yeah. see people who have succeeded, who have come up with a cool idea, and they are at the point in their business building where they need the help of some capital, a they, capital investment. They have chosen yeah. types of businesses that involve uh, backing. But yes. <laughs> it's not something that they can just you know shoestring together. So on the 
on the positive side, I think it helps a lot of people see like, oh, the cool things that can be done by a couple of smart entrepreneurs working their butts off. But on the flip side, there are so many much easier to start small businesses that never require some sort of massive influx of capital. And those businesses never get shown. The people who have for their entire lives a small business of where they're completely just a solopreneur. They work alone or they have a really small team and they never have to, and they never feel the pressure nor the desire to grow into some sort of behemoth monster. Mm-hmm. Um, that That is the downside maybe of Shark Tank where people don't get that. Totally agree. Well, let's talk about the, the personal benefits first, Matt, of starting a small business because maybe it, it's smart to take a minute to convince you why you should at least consider starting your own business because the benefits are so wonderful. Matt, you want to oh, start yeah. maybe talking about what maybe uh, one of your favorite things about us being business owners and not having to answer to any other boss besides ourselves? Well, I mean, obviously the flexibility, right? Like we were just talking about the summer beach trip that we are planning for yeah. coming up here in a couple of weeks. But this is one of the main key things that, that makes working for yourself incredibly legit. Like, forget working from home. You can do whatever it is <laughs> that you want. Uh, of course, you still got to get your work done. You still got to pay the bills. But, you know, if, if you want some long, slow breakfast with your family, like that is something that you can do. Nobody's checking in to, to see that you're at your desk or on your computer by 9 a.m. Or maybe you're looking to take some three-day weekends. You don't have to necessarily ask permission uh, or make sure that your shift is going to be covered by someone else if you own your own business. I think this is a, a top-notch reason to, to go start your own thing. Yeah, makes me think a while back, we were talking about tattle, tattleware, <laughs> which employers were checking in via the camera on computers from their employees of their employees working from home and they were taking screenshots or taking pictures to evidence to see whether those employees were actively working were actively engaged on the job they weren't taking their word for it and they weren't necessarily judging by the results they were judging based on stupid tattleware and if that's the kind of thing whether or not you were sitting in front of your computer when it took the picture yes not sleeping (laughs) right and so that's the kind of thing where if that doesn't make you want to get out of your job i don't know what does because if i was working for an employer who felt the need to check in on me like that that they didn't trust me enough and trust the results that i was producing enough but they had to actually you know check in on physically what i'm up to every minute of the day that would be frustrating enough for me to say Mm -hmm. i'm out Uh, but yeah so flexibility is one one key thing, one key personal benefit of starting your own business. Another, the other, just like major biggest thing is personal fulfillment. One of the main reasons folks start their own business is because they see a gap in the market that they can fill, which is great. That's a perfect reason to start a business. Or maybe I think another reason to talk about tattleware is is the bureaucracy maybe that they feel at their place of work where it's just not fun. Yeah, it's, it sucks. Not fun, and they're not <laughs> able to have the impact that they know they can have yeah. because of the layers they have to go through to try to get anything done. And so yeah, both of those things are great reasons to piece out and start your own thing. Uh, both were true of me, Matt, when it came to starting how to money. I, uh, sure, there are loads of personal finance podcasts out there, but it's still like it, it still felt like it was important to add our voices into the mix. And then I also kind of got tired of seeing my creative ideas stymied in an atmosphere that just didn't value them very much. And it's not like I wasn't valued. I felt very valued, but it was like all these creative ways that I wanted to see improvements happen. Those were kind of brushed aside and I wanted more creative influence over the finished product. And so it seemed like the only way to do that, the only way to have total control was to be my own boss, was to start my own thing. And so that's part of why we're here today doing what we do is, mm-hmm. is both of those reasons were equally important, I think, in 
in leading us to this point. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, on one hand, you could probably argue that maybe you truly did feel that you weren't being valued enough. Otherwise, you would have gotten paid more. So there's a there's a legit ar- argument there. But aside from that, it's the ability to decide what it is that you want to work on. It's yeah. not necessarily the extent to what you're being you know, valued, but just the ability for you to, to work on whatever it is that you want to work on. Like right. to me, like that's kind of the key to the personal fulfillment is like, yes, this is a, a personal finance show that, that you, you know, that you are working on, but now you're able to do it in a way that on paper seems very, very similar, but in reality is a whole lot different. So I agree. Yeah. Deciding what it is that you want to work on is a huge benefit, but simultaneously, we've got to mention that starting your own business, that it may not be for everyone. Uh, I think it takes a certain mindset shift. It takes it takes a, a disposition towards independence in order to succeed. We've got friends who were very successful and were really good at what they did, but that doesn't always translate into doing the same excellent work when you're out on your own. Uh, I think some folks just need that structure that often comes with a business that's already established uh, with maybe a little bit of that bureaucracy, a little bit of that corporate culture in order to actually do their best work. I think it's easy to overly romanticize owning your own business, but Let's, let's be honest, it may not be for everyone. That being said, <laughs> given that most folks who listen to How to Money, that they're looking to proactively make changes in their lives, I think there's a good chance that you have what it takes to successfully start your own business. Uh, and that is why we're talking about this today. Yeah, I think you're right, Matt. I think it definitely takes a certain mindset. And and you have to have, I think you have to feel some of that discontent, not just that office space level discontent where, where like the, the... You're not the, looking just to the, bust up some computers. Yeah, yeah. Where the work Although is maybe drudgery. You do feel that. Maybe maybe you feel that rage inside. But, but I think it's a different kind of discontent that makes for a great small business owner where you're like, man, the business is fine. The I love the people, whatever it is. But there is just something that's missing. And I, on my own, could do a better job. Like I, I'm stymied creatively. And if you're feeling some of those things, I think then I think it makes you the perfect candidate to consider leaving and starting your own thing. But uh, we've actually got to talk about that because you you probably don't want to just like quit tomorrow and start. Right. And we need to talk about some of the financial necessities and the financial benefits that come along with starting your own business. We'll talk more about that right after this. Kachava is the all in one superfood shake made up of high quality plant based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money we're talking about why starting a small business is easier than you think uh and joel this is how to money of course so we're going to talk about the financial benefits of starting your own business uh, and i think the biggest thing is that when you lose one client or just one customer 
you haven't lost all of your income, right? You don't have all of your eggs in one basket. But if you lose your job, you're going from 100 to zero pretty quickly. <laughs> Overnight. So, so I believe that there is actually a significantly higher level of financial stability when you own and when you run your own small business. I think there's a lot of folks who, who felt that being a W-2 employee, that that was the best position to be in. It, it felt secure and warm and cozy. <laughs> uh, but I think a lot of folks are realizing, especially after the past two years, that I don't think that there's anything further from the truth. Uh, you can get fired. You can get let go. When you own your own business, you can't get fired. Uh, you're not going to get let, let go. You can't, you're not going to get downsized when you work for yourself, which means it's not an all or nothing venture like I, like I previously mentioned. Uh, those statistics about businesses failing, I will say they're, they're sobering. <laughs> There's a lot of businesses that do fail, but it is important to remember that staying at your current job, it's not nearly as safe of a proposition as you think it might be. Yeah, that's really important to mention, Matt. I, I think I was one of those people who well, starting your own business is, is highly risky. That's how I thought of it. And working for having that nine to five, having that W-2 income, that's cake. That's that, not That risky. sounds like stability. That sounds stable. Yeah. Firm foundation. I've completely revolutionized the way I think about that. And I think that's actually, that's the opposite view of what I have now. Mm. And you know, what's interesting, like you and I are kind of opposites in that way. Cause yeah. like, I feel like very early on, I kind of, you know, hung my own shingle and did work for myself for a while. But then after, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 years, I started thinking maybe, maybe I'll just move back to corporate <laughs> America. But for me, it was the thought of what life would look like having to go into an office every day having losing this, that flexibility oh my not just the flexibility but again it kind of comes down to autonomy it's not like when i think when you, when we talk about flexibility people think oh i work from home i've got flexibility i've got control over my own hours but it's more than that it's yeah. it's the type of work you're doing it's what it is that you're doing it's it's how you have to interact with your coworkers or your customers or or just whoever it is that you're serving within your line of work uh, there's something additional that that's more like soul crushing <laughs> <laughs> for me when i start to think through what life would look like if i was uh, not living life on my own terms yeah well i think it's important to mention that as a small business owner oftentimes you can be a jack of all trades and you might have to do things that you don't want to do but you you actually find more joy in doing those things because it's your business and because it You're doing it purely affects your bottom line. And mm -hmm. also, and we'll get to this in a little bit, there are software, there are other places you can turn for some of that help to do maybe some of those tasks yeah. that you don't like. It's not like it was back like back in 1960. I think like one, like a quarter of all people work for themselves like uh, back in the 50s and 60s. But the world's changed a whole lot <laughs> since the 50s and 60s. There's a tremendous amount of technology. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. There's a tremendous amount of, of tech and software and just different things out there that allow us to truly focus on what it is that we want to focus on. Mm -hmm. Well, let's keep talking about financial benefits because, yeah, one of those things that you mentioned, it's not zero to 100. You lose one client. You don't lose it all. You can keep pushing through and find more find more clients, find more customers. Well, there are also tax benefits when you own your own business. Oh, yeah. And, you know, this is something where Matt and I, we're not tax experts, but we will recommend that you go back and listen to episode 487 with small business tax expert Shannon Weinstein. But there are so many deductions that you can take as a small business startup. And, of course, you're going to follow the law and the guidance of the IRS. Of course. But I'm willing to say that if you can even think of an expense related to your business, then there's a good chance that it's tax deductible. Yeah, so that's true. Car expenses related <laughs> to the business, right? Uh, the cost of hosting and other software, even the cost of meals that you can only deduct, what, 50% of right. the cost there? You know, you'll pay uh, the FICA and payroll taxes, of course. But then there are other ways that you can break out your income that actually minimize some of that. So it's worth looking into all of the tax details, uh, the tax benefits you can derive from starting a small business. 
But I think sometimes that is the reason naysayers say, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm going to stay where I'm at. It's better from a tax standpoint. But that's actually not the case. And small business owners uh, can, th- there's a lot of flexibility inside of the tax code for small business owners to do better, uh, ultimately, when it comes to their tax burden than W-2 employees. That's right. Let's, let's mention, too, how small business retirement plans are going to be better than the ones that you often get from an employer. Of course, if you're self-employed, you're not going to have a retirement plan that comes with a match where it feels like you're getting free money. But when you set up your own retirement plan, they are going to come with higher limits. And so while it might definitely seem like a downside that you're not getting those employer contributions to a 401k, you ultimately have the ability to sock away a lot more money in vehicles like the solo 401k. That's what we, Joel, what you and I, what we've got set up here at How to Money or a SEP IRA, which is a simplified employee pension. But if you have a really successful business, this means that you have the potential to stash up to $61,000 this year into a tax sheltered account, which ultimately is only going to speed you along to different goals of financial freedom or financial independence. The downside is that it's all down to you. But the upside is that there is the ability to save a ton more over the years. Yeah. And it makes me think too, Matt, uh, another financial benefit is is you can make a lot more money, that the upside is basically unlimited. So when you talk about how much money you can stash away, well, if you get that cost of living raise with your current employer and then and you're still contributing up to the match, well, the, the extra amount you're going to be able to see in your retirement account that year um, at your in your traditional job it's just a little bit more right it's a, it's a tiny bit extra which is which is great like the, there's just a little bit just a little bit there's just a coach nothing wrong with it and i was <laughs> in that position for a lot of years where it's like every every year you're, you're putting a little bit more aside your employer is helping you out a little bit too but yeah even for right now in this inflationary environment our listeners might be able to negotiate something like a 10 percent raise and that's not even the average that'd be above average but you might be able to negotiate that that would likely be a pretty massive win in your book to, to negotiate a 10 percent raise mm-hmm. overnight but you might even be able to get uh, let's say a 20 percent raise by switching jobs that would be killer too right that's a lot more money but it's much much harder to pull off something like a 50 to 100 percent uh, increase in your income. Here's the thing. You can do that, though, when starting your own small business. The sky is kind of the limit. And it's not likely that your new business is going to become this highly valued publicly traded company where you become this CEO who's well-known and your compensation package reaches the stratosphere. That's not what we're talking about. But here's the thing. You're, you're also not going to be limited by the industry average salary of someone who's in a similar role. This is your business. and <laughs> Sounds you, like a bunch of HR talk right, right there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's like, well, the industry average says that uh, we can only give you a 3.2% raise because you're near the cap already. And those are the kind of conversations you don't have to have because it really is an eat what you kill environment when you run your own small business. And the sky is the limit because you can work longer hours if you want to, because you can find more lucrative clients, because you can pivot on a dime when you are running your own business. And at your current employer, there are just a lot more limitations. That's right. So you've got almost unlimited potential, unlimited upside when it comes to investing within your retirement accounts, also when it comes to what you're earning every single year. But dude, it's, it's worth mentioning that if you are starting your own business, that you're not guaranteed to, to make a ton more. Um, and true. in fact, like, I mean, you might even earn less, especially when you're just getting started. And this is going to fall outside of the realm of a financial benefit. But, you know, can you adjust your lifestyle to a smaller income if it means that you're going to be enjoying your work a lot more? This comes back to the personal fulfillment uh, side of things, the ability 
to spend the most precious, the most valuable resource that you have, your time, and to spend your days doing work that you're excited about, man, that's some fuel that could really get you through not only like a few hard days at work, but like years and yeah. e- even decades of, of hard work. Is it the Nietzsche quote where he says that a man who has a why can endure any how uh-huh. or something along that's those right. lines? Yeah, I, think, yeah. I think I'm botching it. But basically, if you know what your goal is, you know what it is that you're striving after, you know how it is that this work is fueling this deeper desire within you, then those longer hours and that harder work isn't going to get between you and your happiness. Yeah, I like that, Matt, the balance you're throwing in there, because it's certainly possible to earn a whole lot more than you're currently making in your day job by starting your own business, but it's also not guaranteed. And there, it often takes a lot of hard work and diligence and time in order to get to that place. But and I think another thing on the finance side of starting a small business that's really important to mention is that for the most part, it's cheap to start your own small business. Uh, you know, one of the popular misconceptions. Unless you're starting your own airline. Or, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> or a new car company. Like, uh, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start the next Rivian or Tesla. And it's like, well, that's probably not going to go very well. And <laughs> Or a new restaurant. Also, <laughs> that's true, too. Like a, yeah. I, I feel like those like the different restaurant stats that are out there probably skew the, the small business failures uh, to, to, to more failures yeah. than, than not. Because restaurants are notorious for failing quickly. Yeah. And they're just, it's a labor of love oftentimes for many people, but it's hard to, to make a sustainable restaurant that sticks around for a long period of time. But just when it comes to misconceptions, about starting a business uh, that you ha- that you have to have some some big chunk of change to get things off the ground. You have to have tens of thousands of dollars it's in like seed money. Going back to that Shark Tank yeah, mentality. That's just not true, it's especially these days, right? Because stats show that 63% of new businesses that get started need less than $5,000 to get off the ground. Not a big deal? Yeah, that's approachable. It's, it's uh, real money, attainable yeah. for lots of folks. Totally. And with a little creativity, you can even barter for some of the things that you need. You know, we'd encourage you to go back and listen to episode 247, where we talked with Alan Donigan about starting a business for $0. And he had some great tips, like pre-selling uh, your product in order to help fund your business. You don't necessarily have to have the working product uh, from the get-go in order to start making sales. I thought that was brilliant. And he gave other great tips like bartering, how you can, uh, in exchange for maybe some of your wisdom or coaching abilities, maybe uh, barter for, for some office space. You know, it might seem impossible to start a business without a giant nest egg, but that's just a mental roadblock because contrary to popular belief, you don't have to go into debt in order to start a, a small business and you don't have to have just tons of cash in the bank for most of the kinds of businesses we're talking about. Totally. Yeah. You also, you don't have to go big or go home. You know, this, again, this is kind of going back to that mindset of, of creating something that's viable to a small audience, but there's sometimes this belief that you need just this massive team of folks around you in order to get started or that a business has to have a, like a quote unquote growth minded mindset or, or whatever <laughs> in order to succeed. Like you, you don't want to start a business that doesn't experience any growth, of course, but it's also important to realize that you don't have to create a business that has just this incredible moonshot potential. Uh, you can be the proud owner of just a, a simple micro business. Uh, those are, are really flourishing right now. Yeah. Micro businesses are, I think we should talk about that because that is one of those terms that most people don't hear. 
and it's it's a solution really to this small business thing because usually when you give the term small business we're lumping all these different kinds of businesses together basically from one employee to 500 and that's a big gap in in the kinds of businesses that are getting started mm-hmm. and so when we talk about micro businesses those are those are typically businesses that have no more than five employees including the owner so hey guess what how to money is a micro business well, you know we're, we're not even a small business like we should be micro I feel like if we were a brewery we'd also be a micro of course we would be exactly because they make <laughs> the best beers typically but Matt it kind of makes me think of my neighbor who is is a baker she's uh she's a micro baker yes uh, you can put micro in front of any word uh, <laughs> ooh, so micro okay time out micro machines did you ever play with those as a kid uh I did but I, I'm trying to remember they're what like they the, t- the like. teeny they're like mi- like miniature teeny tiny little cars uh-huh. and you could collect them and I think they rolled. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they did anything special. Well, my two-year-old's playing with my old Hot Wheels these days. So, I, See, yeah, but I, I don't think I had any micro machines left over, at least. But I know I, I played with them. I don't think I, I know I played with them, but I think I just always went over to my friend's house and played with his Hot Wheels, and his micro machines. I was always <laughs> into like constructs and connects and all of the different things where you build stuff. More the engineering mindset. Uh, perhaps uh, geared to start my own business. Yeah, but I. I <laughs> I think so. <laughs> but okay, Micro Baker, did she make tiny little cookies? No, I w- no, normal sized bread okay. cookies and they're actually delicious, but it's cool because this is kind of something that she could if she wanted to. She could scale it into something bigger. Take out a giant loan. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah, get a get an actual physical bakery space in some sort of cool part of town, but she's having a Macro Baker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she's got this great tiny business and it works for her lifestyle and it works for kind of what she's offering. So, I think it's important to note that having a successful small business or, or micro business, it doesn't mean you don't have to rent some sort of office building. You don't have to manage a slew of employees. And by some estimates, I think micro businesses are something like 92% overall of, of wow. small businesses. So most small businesses in our country are incredibly tiny. Like they're not getting huge and they don't have a desire to get huge. And I think that's okay. Like you don't have to get massive in order to be successful. You can choose to grow if that's a part of your model and if that's something that you want to do. If you want to do more managing versus, say, the actual baking. But I doubt, I I think, I'm guessing the reason she likes to bake is because she enjoys actually baking. Right. She's experienced some of that magic of mixing ingredients together and making people really happy with the smells and the flavors that she I wonder if her biscuits are better than your middle school home ec biscuits. I'm pretty sure nobody could top the first time that a sixth sixth grader gets to taste something that they've made for the first time. (laughs) It truly is an impressionable moment, but I'm guessing she probably is really good. Uh, Much better than me. But something, a question that's worth asking too, I wanted to bring up is make sure that you're asking yourself what makes a good business idea. It's really important to have that answer before you launch a website, a product or a service. Uh, Because starting with a business that has a crappy idea is going to be pretty dumb. It helps to know what's going on in the market before you make a split second decision to start, say, selling your homemade knit winter caps door to door in Florida right now <laughs> in the month of May. No, the demand uh, is probably incredibly low. Right it's going to be that, that that market's going to be essentially non-existent. And so knowing how much potential your idea has after you launch it, it's going to be crucial information you need to gather before you go and get the ball rolling. Yeah. And certainly before you take larger steps in procuring a loan or, or something like that. Things that most people think are necessary steps in order to run a legitimate business. Yeah, knowing the market potential of your business and how you can meet the market need is a really important factor in this equation. So it's also important to yeah look for opportunities in the market. You know, businesses that solve people's problems will almost always succeed. 
it makes me think of Scott's cheap flights, Matt. He he didn't start out necessarily with this idea to have a thriving small business. And he started out as a micro business. He didn't think he was going to employ 60 plus folks, you know, mm-hmm. sending out flight deals regularly. What started out as just kind of an interest, it developed into an opportunity that was right for the picking because his coworkers were like, hey, can you start sending me deals? Uh, I, I, I'd even pay for them That's if you right. find me a great flight deal like you found to Milan. And so, yeah, going back to the, the winter cap example, maybe you live in Minnesota and you've been knitting hats for your friends. It's and they a better, better spot to yeah, knitting some hats. Exactly. They rave about them. And then their friends start reaching out to you to see if you'll make one for them. Well, that sounds like the start of a business to me because people are already knocking on your door asking for more of what you're already creating. That sounds like the, the idea of taking just like a hobby and maybe like... Yeah, turning the knob a couple of dials and now you've got a full-fledged small business that is bringing in income totally yeah that, there, there's a legitimate opportunity there and essentially what we're talking about here is getting inspiration from what you're currently interested in doing and you know it, it does not have to be related to what say you got your degree in uh, you don't necessarily need prior experience working for a company in that same space those things don't hurt but it might be even more helpful to look at your interests as opposed to your experiences. And, uh, you know, I say all this while simultaneously saying that I'm not saying that you should just follow your passion. Uh, don't just focus on stuff that you have fun doing. But we w- I want you to just think instead about the things that you care about. We want you to dig a level deeper than just focusing on something that you enjoy doing. And there's a lot of talk around the term passion, like follow your passion. Uh, but it is not necessarily a well that you can continually draw from. And simultaneously, we think that passion can always be developed. It's something that you can learn. It's something that you can realize not only about yourself, uh, but about the world around you. The things that we love in our 20s, like they may not necessarily be what we love in our 30s or in our 40s. We humans, like we tend to live a few different lives in the course of our decades here on earth. And so we want you to kind of pay attention like we're, we're trying to marry some of these deeper desires and motives that you might have and find a way to kind of link some of those desires to what it is that you can do as a career, you know, to the things that you can make a business out of. There's almost like this middle ground that people call their passion. It's like a little bit more than an interest, but it's not necessarily tied to sort of the, the things that matter the most to them. So I say that because I want you to do more than just the trope, follow your passions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think when you boil it down, Matt, you want to marry an interest with an opportunity in a market. If you have all Ooh, three of those like things that. combined, it, it kind of makes for a potentially great business. And th- th- that's the kind of thing that a whole lot of our listeners can find. And it doesn't have to be that old trope of follow your passion. You can follow that interest, opportunity, and market all those three things together. If you have them, you've got a recipe for success. And then simultaneously figure out what it is about that that resonates with you at a very deep level that will always be true. Yes. And and, and even if you do something that you love and enjoy, it doesn't mean that every single part, every single facet of that job that you're going to absolutely be thrilled with every single day of, of the week or, or of the year. Right. And the same is true of what we do. We love what we do. It doesn't mean that every day is easy or that there are no headaches involved or that every day we feel deeply connected to our mission. I think overall we do and we get to talk about it a whole lot and it is very fulfilling, but it doesn't mean that every single day, every single minute has elements of that. Sure. Yeah. I love it. I, I feel like with what we do here at the show, like the core level of what it is that we talk about here like yes we talk about craft beer a lot of episodes yes we talk about finances and the news but at a very deep core level what we're talking about doing here is helping people yeah and that like that is a core mission i think that you can take to almost 
almost any profession, almost to any product out there. Does this help the individual? That is what we're trying to do here through the application of your personal finances. But we've, we, I feel like we've made a really good case for starting your own business. We've got several practical takeaways, uh, steps that we think you should take to help you to launch a successful business. And so we'll get to those right after the break. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money all right man let's keep going let's keep talking about small business creation let's do it we really do think that it is a reality a possibility for a, a whole lot more people than maybe currently think it's possible and it's good to see actually this transformation in the economy towards more micro businesses happening right as we speak and we think more how to money listeners can and should get involved in that well maybe one of the easiest ways to get started is to do it with a side hustle right to 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 start your small business really small and to do it just on the side while you have a day job, because it's important to note that this can be a really gradual process. You don't even have to quit your day job in order to get started. Side hustling is is just a great way to kind of get the ball rolling. And money from your main gig can not only pay your bills, but it can also help you fund the business you're trying to get off the ground if it requires some seed funds. And it's important to mention that you know a side hustle is different from gig work in our minds. You know, gig work is a way to trade some of your time for money, right? You can drive Uber, you can make some cash on the side. Spe- specifically via an app yeah. who acts as, that, acts as that intermediary. Yeah, and, and maybe it could be that uh, through an app, you, you're you able to start your own small business if you, through Fiverr or through Etsy or something like that, get your business off the ground. But that's slightly different than gig work in my mind. And, and so, yeah, the side hustle, it's important to note, it might not even make you money out of the gate. What you're doing is you're kind of testing to see whether this business is viable, whether you can turn it into something great. Basically, you want to know whether it has the potential to turn into something uh, that you can pursue full-time. And that's why, yeah, side hustling something is kind of the perfect way to give it a to give it a chance and to see what happens yeah but simultaneously you want to be careful that you're not too beholden to a specific platform where you have virtually no sway like it makes me think of airbnb and how certain cities have banned short-term occupancy rentals or it makes me think about how people have built their businesses solely around instagram or some of the other social media platforms essentially you're renting digital space 
from another company who can change the rules of the game or the algorithm uh, at any time. And so this is not a good plan. If you are solely dependent on a specific company for the success of your business, uh, we like that there are different businesses and different providers who we can partner with. But it puts you in a really weak position if they have the upper hand, if they have all the say uh, and you don't have a, a, you know, a seat at the table at all. Yeah, it makes me think of Etsy, who recently said they were going to raise the fees of what they charge sellers on the site. And there are people who have made 100% of their living through by selling things on Etsy. Mm-hmm. And they just got a notice that, hey, guess what? What you make is going to be cut in a meaningful way. In short, in short order. And so those are the kind of things where Etsy's great. It's a great platform to find customers and to reach people with your product. But it doesn't mean that that is the only avenue you should use because if you're literally uh, dependent on one website or one social media uh, algorithm, it can give you a whole lot and then it can take away uh, just as much very quickly. And Matt, let's uh, mention another, another tip that we have for getting started with a small business. It's it, getting outside help is so crucial when it comes to getting started. And one thing we would suggest is consider getting a mentor because, yeah, going this alone, it can make your journey into small business ownership more difficult. It's always helpful to have someone who can encourage you who also has more knowledge than you when it comes to being a successful business owner. And uh, SCORE is an excellent place to turn. It stands for Service Corps of Retired Executives. And there are more than 250 local chapters across the nation. And mentorship is a free service that they offer. So yeah, we suggest turning there. SCORE offers other free resources too, but this is an organization that lots of helpful small business owners are going to want to consider taking advantage of. The website is score.org. We'll link to it in our show notes. But yeah, having that help from someone who's been down the road a ways, let's say, like uh, Matt, equated to marriage trouble, right? If you're having difficulty with your partner right now, talking to someone who knows, whether it's a couple in your neighborhood or at your church, who's been married 20 years longer than you, how helpful can that be in navigating those waters or going to see, you know, a a licensed therapist? Like those, those are great routes to take. I think the same thing can be true if you're daunted by the idea of starting your small business. You, you, You have a passion, you want to do it, but you're like, I don't even know how to get the ball rolling. And I don't even know whether to know if my idea has legs. Well, I think talking to a mentor, finding someone at SCORE can be like the best way to get started. Totally. Yeah. And generally speaking, I'll say too, as far as ways that uh, starting a small business has become less daunting than ever is just the general advancement of technology. Just think about all the businesses that exist now that couldn't have existed just even 20 years ago. Uh, One of my favorite podcasters was just saying the other day that he hasn't had a real job that wasn't internet based like just the internet alone has allowed for so many industries uh, to exist and I don't think he's alone that that experience is becoming more and more common uh, it is so much easier to, to find your niche than ever before whether you're talking about reselling thrift store goods within your vintage eBay store or writing a blog or writing a substack that helps people the barriers to getting that business started have been almost completely removed not that it's a complete walk in the park because uh, starting a small business it's not as easy as social media and you know the hashtags make it seem but technology has has made it far less difficult to do the things that we want to do yeah man i'm always amazed at the ways my friends make money on the internet i feel like every every couple of weeks i'm finding out a different way that someone makes money 
And I'm just like, I didn't know that was possible. It's, inspir- it's inspirational. <laughs> it is. Honestly. It's like, congratulations. Yeah. And it just makes me think that there are so many opportunities out there for people who desperately want to get out of their nine to five um, by side hustling to start, to get started, to get the ball rolling and find your internet niche and pursue it with reckless abandon because mm-hmm. that could easily turn out to be a lucrative day job. And uh, yeah, when you're talking about technology advancements, Matt, th- those have clearly help facilitate the creation of new businesses. Let's talk about maybe some specific ones that are changing the game. And even just something as simple as website creation has gotten a million times easier in the last 10 years. Like Wix, Squarespace, and WordPress Mm -hmm. have made that a whole lot easier and cheaper in recent years. And then when you're talking about something like accounting, well, that's gotten a lot easier thanks to software uh, improvements too, like QuickBooks and Zero are two that we would mention. Mention yeah, and, and Zero is X E R O, by the way, like like Xerox, but Zero yeah, in, right. in that way. Yeah, you don't have to be an accountant uh, or have an accountant on board in order to, to run your books. Yeah, and you, Matt, handle a lot of that stuff on our behalf. We don't use one of those software programs, but I'm also a total nerd. You are a complete nerd, and yeah. most people would and hey, should. Easy, easy on the nerd talk. <laughs> I can call myself a nerd. Most people should <laughs> chill out a little bit and just get the software to do it on their behalf. Um, there's like uh, a great uh, site and platform called Gusto that makes it easier to manage the benefits for employees mm-hmm. if you get to that point. There's Calendly for scheduling stuff easily. Something as simple as newsletters to stay in touch with customers. That's never been easier thanks to MailChimp and Beehive and, yeah. and companies like that. Asano and Trello to help you manage projects. And then you know we talked about contributing to your retirement accounts earlier. That's never been easier than ever before either. Like Fidelity, Schwab, Vanguard, they're all there to help you do that as well. Like, yeah. in, in all these ways, you don't have to have a guy yeah. or a girl, like somebody who you go to and have a relationship. These are simple platforms where you can log in literally right now as you're listening to this or, or create an account and get started. It and, does not have to be this overly time-consuming thing or this this thing that requires this massive team of folks who actually are sitting there in the office with you. Right. It's like having five or six folks, but not actually having to pay those five or six folks. It's so much cheaper. And they're running the ship on some of these more technical things on your behalf. There's just so much technology that's in your corner now to help you kick butt at whatever it is that you want to do. Spend less time on the stuff that's maybe boring or that you feel like you know nothing or or little to nothing about and being able to focus more on the stuff that you're actually passionate about. And and not only is there a lot of technology, but there are specific banks out there who are on our side as well. Like it makes me think back to when we first started How Money. There were only a couple of free online checking uh, account options available to us, one of which we we still use today. And I've got to say, they leave a lot to be desired. (laughs) Not only is the user interface pretty terrible, but we're not earning any interest. Can you believe that? This is something where we've gotten used to the days when we thought that being able to avoid paying any fees, that that was what set a great online business checking account apart from the others. But now banks are paying around 1.5%, and that's amazing. <laughs> so we would recommend uh, to check out some folks like Bluevine or Novo, even American Express. These are all different options available to us that literally weren't even available a few years ago. Uh, the small business space is constantly evolving, and the same is true when it comes to the financial services that are being offered to small businesses as well. Yeah, how in the world did bank accounts go from being worse on the small business side to better? Like literally, you used to have to pay Yes. To like show up. And now they're paying you 
to show it's up. It's impressive. It's yeah. incredible that some of these offerings have gotten just mm. superior to everyday consumer mm-hmm. checking and savings accounts on One the small business percent. side. Right. That's, that's so legit. That's uh, impressive in today's it's, today's uh, rate environment. given today, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I, I just want to mention, too, one thing that you don't need is fancy business cards. I think sometimes that's the thing that people <laughs> want most of all is to go get like a dope logo and they want it on something physical that they can hand out to people. And that's fine. Like you can do that if you want to. You, I get the desire. Yeah. But, especially in the digital age that we live in. You, sometimes folks want to have something that feels tangible. Exactly. But it's mostly unnecessary depending on what business you're in. And then and then even when we're talking about some sort of fancy website, sometimes that's what you want is you're, you're like, I want this slick delightful uh, website that's going to cost me maybe thousands of dollars to create from scratch. But we would say like at least not in the beginning. Uh, When we're talking about how much money you have to put down to start a small business, we want you to wait for some of those newer, shinier objects until you've gotten some of those base fundamentals down, until you've kind of worked out the fact that you have a formula that can lead to profit. And if that's the case, if you get to that point, then you can kind of start to dial in some of those specifics. But there's no reason to start spending money on some of these ancillary items until you've kind of figured that out. That's right. In short, what we're saying here is that starting your own small business is way easier than you think it's going to be, uh, while simultaneously (laughs) it could be much more laborious than you were expecting. There's this old saying that entrepreneurs are willing to work 80 hours a week in order to avoid working 40 Uh, That definitely has some truth to it, (laughs) Uh, especially in the beginning. Getting your idea off the ground, it might require some long nights, uh, some weekends working. This isn't going to be for everyone. And some folks do have a natural propensity for doing their own thing. Uh, Some personalities are just more suited to the higher risk, the higher reward life of business ownership. But keep that in mind. Not only is it a higher reward from the standpoint of the money that you could potentially make, but also just the personal fulfillments and the joy that you would get from doing work that aligns uh, and that you're able to link to some of the core things that you care about. Yeah, Matt, it's so encouraging, I would say, to see a small business renaissance of sorts. Like small business formation had kind of plateaued to a certain extent and the pandemic gave it this nudge And so many folks Mm -hmm. are deciding to push themselves towards work that they have more control over, working for themselves. And we think that starting a small business or a micro business is a great idea for lots of people. Like you said, it's not necessarily for everyone, but more people should at least consider it. And, you know, one of the things that we love is that small businesses actually lead to a more resilient economy overall because new businesses lead to more job growth. They create more a more dynamic and responsive economy because we we all know this from doing business with some of the biggest companies the larger they get the less nimble they become the less responsive they are to their customers needs most of the time yeah. you know your small business can adapt to the changing work environment a whole lot faster than the big the big guys can it's like turning a speedboat versus turning a giant cruise ship you uh you obviously you don't have to and you likely shouldn't quit your day job tomorrow unless you're already way down this path but hopefully you'll start legitimately considering the idea of starting your own small business you'll start to maybe uh, daydream about the things that you could create you'll start to pursue some of those interests maybe with a little more vigor realizing that it could lead to something successful in the long term and hopefully just this episode helps you realize that it's it's not as difficult as maybe it might seem on its face. There's a good chance that it's easier than you think it's going to be, uh, but sometimes you just got to get started in order to realize that. 
That's right. All right, let's go ahead and get back to the beer that we enjoyed this episode. And this one is, I'll say it's a Leslie Mann quote. <laughs> Another hint. But it's, let's get some effing French toast. Uh, and you pronounce it French toast. But like I said, this was an imperial stout with French toast, maple syrup, cinnamon, actually and with lactose and vanilla. What were your thoughts on this one? This is actually not too terribly dissimilar from the the beer from Bramari that we had last Wednesday. Yeah, no, it's not. Was that one uh, Bumble Stick? It was like a cinnamon... Cinnamon uh, brown ale. Brown this ale, is like right. This is like a cinnamon stout. This one's definitely packing more of a punch. It's bigger, it's beastlier because it's this giant stout. And while the cinnamon stands out in this one, it's not kind of the main note. It's just kind of one in the symphony of notes. Yes. Yeah. There, that's a great way of putting it. It's, it's less of a cinnamon solo. It's, it's more <laughs> right. of a, a choir that the cinnamon happens to be a part of. Exactly. And so this, I really like this one because I like French toast. And so like every every time my kids stay the night at my parents' house, my dad always makes French toast for them. Oh, does he? <laughs> and it's, it's uh, you know, French toast is delicious. It's something I don't I don't cook enough but he doesn't of do at it, home. But he doesn't do it for you. He doesn't. The kids get to enjoy it, but you're stuck at home. I'm just whatever. He tells me all about it the eat, next day, though. Whatever it is. And then I just salivate in jealousy. That's, that's so funny. I wonder if that's just uh, one of those meals that, so as a father, that is a go-to breakfast that when I'm in charge that I like to go to. It's something that Kate, so Kate handles almost all of the cooking, but so, you know, I, I like to get in the kitchen a little bit too. It's funny because we're talking about cooking at the beginning of this episode, but French toast is something that whenever I make, it's a special kind of occasion. It's like one of those dad things uh-huh. where you get to kind of step in a little bit, do something a little extra special. I just don't think Kate enjoys French toast. I love it. What's not to love about uh, beautifully browned French toast that's it's like egg, kind of fluffy, yolky, a little of syrup bit, on it. some maple syrup on top. I love French toast. Yeah. Um, so it shouldn't be any surprise that I love this beer. It certainly had a higher degree of sweetness than the brown ale. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot more of those Saturday morning breakfast flavors going on in this beer. But uh, I'm glad that you were able to pick this one up, that we enjoyed it today. Yeah, it makes me wish I had a cup of coffee right next to it while I was drinking this beer. Oh my gosh. It'd <laughs> be a perfect pairing. Really? you want a cup of coffee with your actual French toast. You don't want to have coffee next to this beer. A hot and a cold liquid at the The, same time. By the way, the movie quote, this is from 40-Year-Old Virgin, which is one of those classics uh, with Steve Carell. They don't make comedies like they used to. There was like a golden era of, yeah, yeah, of uh, (laughs) (laughs) some of those turn-of-the-century comedies that were amazing. Uh, But if you haven't watched that one, it might be worth checking out. Yeah, for sure. In addition to this beer. Yep, exactly. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Best of luck starting your uh, small business and let us know how it goes. For real, let us know. If, we love to hear from you. Yes. If, if uh, you've created something from scratch that's yes, amazing yes. and wowing your community, or you've created some sort of internet business that is incredible and has led you away from your day job, like drop us a line. Totally. Howtomoneypod at gmail.com. We would love to kind of hear what you've been up to, how you made it happen. And yeah, your successes. Those are fun to hear from or post it in our Facebook group. Just uh, go to facebook.com, type in how to money. You'll find our group. And there's a bunch of people there that love to hear great ideas so they can replicate in their own lives. That's right. And if you have not yet signed up for our newsletter, head to howtomoney.com forward slash newsletter. You can sign up there or just scroll down to the bottom of the homepage. You'll see the sign up there. You will receive some encouraging financial goodness every Tuesday morning. But Joel, that's going to be it for this episode, buddy. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out.
Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com.